Tonight we're coming at you in 1080p, so watch out. Put put your protective eyewear on. Don't get too bright in your eyeball holes, because if you do, I'm not responsible. Uh, today we're talking about Star Wars news, as always. What do you expect? Um, there was a big leak, and our buddy... So there was a big leak. Somebody named Shock Trooper grabbed the leak. The person who put the leak out deleted it shock trooper reposted it bespin bulletin my half sister took it wrote it up uh in a little pretty way really pretty way made it patreon exclusive to his patreon followers so if you follow patreon stuff and your best you should follow bespin bulletin because it's there but he was cool enough to give us the document for the show today and so we're going to be hitting hitting on that that kind of jazz today and uh looks like rob and best spinner here i don't know i don't know if they're gonna stay because they don't they don't like me too much uh anymore they they say i've lost it they say i'm going to reddit for leaks now and it's over and they say it's time to pack it up and and, and leave and um hey how's it going mr Vespin and mr feloni Someone say leaking. Someone <laughs> leaking. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we write our names? I love writing my name. Bestman, are you gonna are you gonna hang around for a bit, or are you, are you taking off? I guess so. Yeah, I'm here now. So <laughs> <laughs> you guys showed up at the same time. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So so, anyways, I was just telling people that it, they should follow your uh, Patreon, Bestman. Because you posted this little document up there today, and and uh, you were cool enough to share it with us here, so that's good. That's nice of you. That's very giving. That's someone who 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 gives and gives and never receives. Even I am a Christmas. giver. I am a giver. You know. You know. That's so, my anger, please. You know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be pleased. Yeah. I want to please. Yeah. So if you uh, want to support the show, you can be a channel member. You can also support the show on Patreon. You can support the show on Spotify with video if you prefer that over YouTube on YouTube. And if you read Bestman Bulletin, you should definitely be a Patreon supporter of of, of this old dog. Um, let's uh, look at the uh, actual leak, the actual document that you made. And so it says, this is a partial and unconfirmed potential leak regarding the plot of Ahsoka's first few episodes. So right there, I'll jump in, though, and say I am not going to bother any, like, sources associated with the Ahsoka production to verify this stuff because all of this is stuff that either does happen, so they would just say yes, or is connected to TV spots, trailers, and stuff like that. And uh, so the the one thing, though, that I will say is I think by tonight, we will likely have this 100% verified, though, as yeah, they, there they, are screenings for, for fan clubs going down. And there's the, the screenings. What they also do in the screenings is they put uh, some journalists who are going to be reviewing it in the back. And then they put a bunch of people who dress up as, you know, Kanan Jarrus and 
Ryder Azadi all day at conventions in the front who wig out when they see anything. And then it makes the journalists in the back go, oh, my God, 10 out of 10. If I want to have my finger on the pulse of the, what, the, what the kids are talking about these days, I got to do it like this. And then standing ovation. <laughs> 10 minutes. Standing ovation. 10 minutes standing ovation no. for a movie you don't like. But, a full Zaz laugh. Let's give him a full yeah. Zaz laugh. So, a, and then actual the, screeners have gone out as well, though. Like Screeners have gone out now? Yeah, that, from what I was told, they're going to international markets first before they are um, to the U.S. Weird. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that, that's what I've been told. Some people have had them. Um, so, I think this is maybe how this happened, if it is legit. So you're saying Kathleen Kennedy is not USA all the way, is what you're telling me right now on this show today. God, well, she might not be America number one, you know? Fuck, dude. All right, man. I Let's you know talk. Frank Marshall's middle name is Brexit, dude. I mean, <laughs> Frank Brexit Marshall. I, that, that is um, crazy. Plus, she's selling her uh, Malibu beach house, you know, so she can come and move to sunny Wales. You know, she's all about <laughs> the UK life now. So it's peaceful. Did mm-hmm. you know that's not a Barbie house? That's Kathy's house. Like, oh, did you know that? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. I didn't know she's yeah. such a big fan of pink. Oh, yeah, and but by the way, if you've heard that Kathleen Kennedy's selling her house, so fucking what? Just, I, I appreciate you guys trying to keep me on the the uh, like in the loop, but so fucking what? It's that that's not like a story. The, the the housing bubble has been bursting in California for a while. Everybody with an Airbnb lost their shirts a couple of months ago, and uh, she's gonna be retiring in the next ten years, which she will because likely she'll be close to death in the next ten years since she's will be in her eighties at that point. Uh, yeah. So selling a house, it, it's not a story. It doesn't tell you what you want to hear, or what you don't want to hear. It tells you nothing. Uh, sorry guys, just had to get that off my chest. Um, That's so the initial thing. tidbits were collected by Reddit user Shock Trooper One Hundred Five, not Shock Trooper One Hundred One, not One Hundred Two, not One Hundred Three, not One Hundred Four. One Hundred Five. Get it not, right. Not Shocker Trooper. No, so not, not Shocker. That That's the uh, Live Long and Prosper sign as an attack. No. Not that mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> uh, you're ruining Star Trek and the Shocker. You know, <laughs> make sure you call it Star Trek if you want to say it right. Uh, I have expanded upon the tidbits by referencing material shown in trailers and past reports. So that was best been saying that. This episode begins with Balin and Shin infiltrating a New Republic ship that's harboring Morgan Elsbeth which is something we kind of all put together, I think, from the TV spots at this point. We, yeah, just yesterday, you and I were playing Fortnite best, and we were like, we, I think it starts there. And you're like, yeah, of course it starts there. Mm-hmm. So uh, the duo are there to rescue Elsbeth and uh, take her down to the New Republic members on board. The take scene, down the New Republic. Oh, oh, and take down the New Republic members on board. Because screw those guys and their shiny white boots, their DeSantis clogs. Uh, these scenes were speculated to be the series opening and that the scenes were for an Elsbeth breakout. The scenes mentioned can be seen in various promotional material. We discovered that Elsbeth is a night is night sister, which was previously reported by making star Wars. So with that right there, so far, nothing new, nothing that that's like, Oh my God, that's something we never heard about for what it's worth. But yeah, right here you can see Balin. He's choking the uh, Rebel Fleet Trooper, throwing him around, or the Republic, whatever he's called now, Republic Fleet Trooper. I don't know. Probably and the whole that she is actually being captain as well, by the way. Yeah, 
and then this is Plus Shin. Goes to the command deck. Yeah. Do you think she cuts her her, her bangs with her lightsaber? I think the orange lightsaber. I is hope like, so. Zzzz, <laughs> and singes it off. Uh, all right, Ahsoka, along with Hyung, that's the droid that makes the lightsabers, is searching for a star map, which leads to a different galaxy, where she believes that Ezra Bridger and Grand Admiral Thrawn are, are located slash trapped. It was previously reported by Making Star Wars that Ezra and Thrawn were stuck in a galaxy we not seen previously and referred to the location as the New Beyond. And for the record, the New Beyond is literally a nickname. So it won't be called that in the series 100%. Um, and then we, we see the, the shot of them flying around, you know. I, I think they're in love, personally. I, I have a whole Tumblr where I ship these two. Um, based off of this one image where they look at each other, uh, I think with charged sexual electricity, because he's a robot. Um, Ahsoka discovers that the star map can be found at a Night Sister temple on a planet named Arcana. The temple is the one featured in many trailers and features large statues. The location first put up by Bespin and later making Star What? Why'd you Why'd you have to put it that way, man? No, I'm just kidding. Which featured uh, large statues legs uh feloni calls him feats with an s huge feats uh, <laughs> um here ahsoka is confronted by hk87 droids which she battles once defeated the hk87 droid self-destructs which causes the large explosion seen in the trailers now that right there We've seen another shot of her ship flying out of there, and that's a big ass explosion. Is that a red flag? Is it a different? I mean, place? do you think there's two different explosions in one show? That sounds crazy, Despin. Well, it's the. Well, well, why don't they just explode and kill her? Why don't they just explode and kill her and not bother fighting? Like, well, in the one shot, she's running right, like she's mm-hmm. like in the same outfit, and she's sprinting, and there's like an explosion behind her. Like, see all yeah. like the sand being like thrown up yeah yeah and, but then we also have like that so so maybe maybe it's the, maybe the the whole base exploding is a different explosion yeah i think there's two personally okay so so anyways and then so that would be uh that that that's a surprising turn of events if this white marble looking place ends up being the night sister's place like our assumption this whole time was this would have been like a Jedi temple from mm. the High Republic era or something like that because we have that whole Athens look, you know, kind of yeah. thing going on. But then when you look at the markings and stuff like that, you go, well, yeah, I guess that if you told me that was Night Sister markings, I could I could buy into it. I it's Featress. That's mm-hmm. their game they play there. They pay Featress. Well, those those Night Sisters, de- some of them definitely have an OnlyFans, and they definitely use that big foot. Like only feats, only feats, right? Only feats. Yeah. Uh, Sabine Wren <laughs> is on Lothal, and here we see a cameo from writer Azadi, played by Cl- Downtown Clancy Brown. Uh, you, you didn't put down the downtown part, so people might, in the audience might not know who you're talking about, Bespin. Um, downtown Clancy oh, Brown. I, I, I prefer just say Clancy, by the way. <laughs> I think downtown's overrated. <laughs> well, he tried to change it to Fancy Clancy, but that didn't work. Um, Shin Hadi arrives on Lothal and duels Sabine. Sabine loses the fight and is almost killed, though not stated. 
it's likely the speeder bike scene featuring Sabine and possibly the, the scene of Sabine watching Ezra's hologram message take place during this episode. After her defeat, Shin apparently mocks Sabine for not having force powers. So there you go. She's not a Padawan. She's she's a, a swords person apprentice. Well, well, I think that line is interesting only because it could lead. Well, we know that she battles Shin again in yeah. the you know with the red leaves that location. So okay. it could be that she does actually get training, further training from Ahsoka. Right. So for there is a chance for her to like explore the Force and maybe mm-hmm. gain some of those powers. Maybe that happens throughout the series. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've been it's totally possible. I mean, especially like it's it's not out of the out of the realm of possibility that all of a sudden she's like lived in a rock or some shit like that mid season, you know. Um, so yeah, so so she gets mocked, right? And then this is this is that right there. And I'm pretty sure this is that set that I filmed that night. Do you remember that? I think it is, yeah. Yeah. It looks a lot like it. I remember hearing like one it sounded like one woman trying to get in. Uh, to to the thing, and uh, I never I didn't put together if it was two women's voices that I was hearing. Uh, I couldn't hear a thing they were really saying, like worth a damn. So not to let's not over. I don't want to overstate that, but um, does make sense. It does look like it too. So episode two begins with Sabine in the hospital, recovering from her battle with Shin Hadi. The HK7 droids that Ahsoka faced off against in episode one are from Corellia. This discovery leads Ahsoka, Harrison Dula, and Chopper to investigate the planet where they find the workers at the shipyards are former Imperials. They Damn discover dear. they discover that a machine called the Eye of Scion is being worked on and will be used to bring Grand Emerald Thrawn back to the galaxy. And Scion is uh, Darth Scion was like an EU Sith Lord, by the way, and he has a he has a fucking crazy fucked up eye. You uh, uh, you played the Eye of Iger too early, my friend. I know, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Sa- Santa mentioned that uh, Rat Matt Risman was the one who who put that connection together. Um, is being worked on and will be used to bring Grand Emerald Thrawn back to the galaxy. Oh, also. Um, Santa thought for sure when you heard the Eye of Sion, you were going to start going in on him about the Eye of of Siron or whatever his name is from Lord Sauron. of the Rings. Sauron, yeah, that nerd. So take that, Santa. Rob doesn't always go in on you. Um, the Eye is what? a reference. What did I do? <laughs> yeah. What? 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 <laughs> so, so the Eye, the Eye of Sion is the thing that's going to bring Thrawn back. That's the engine that 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 Morgan Elsbeth was was making, and that's that's the thing we we thought like, what's the missing piece here? Like how how are they going to get them? Why aren't they going to get them? Like what's the what's the, what's the uh, what's what's the issue here? And um, so apparently the holdup has been to build to build this this sh- ship part, uh, and they're building it on Corellia. The eye is a reference to to a ring shape. Of a ship seen in trailers at the shipyard, they discover a hyperdrive for the machine is being worked on. So, so, so I thought that would have been, if, yeah. We don't know if the eye is specifically being worked on there. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it's just the hyperdrive because that's what it seems more likely. Like they just yeah. they're just missing that piece, but overall they've been working on this eye of Scion thing. Mm-hmm. You know, 
so 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 you're thinking that the actual thing might might be a bigger ship and that's just a piece of the puzzle well i think or the eye of Sion could be the ship or like mm-hmm. part of the ship anyway but what as you read on there's a they chase after one specific part of it which makes me think okay. that the eye of Sion isn't there it's mm-hmm. just this one part which yeah, is the, the hyperdrive be the final part of what they need you know right yeah the eye is a reference to the ring shape of a ship seen in the trailers at the shipyard they discover a hyperdrive for this machine is being worked on and then right here we got we got Hera's butt and we got the windows that we were talking about last time this is this is the window that Ahsoka will jump out of later probably <laughs> we, th- mm-hmm. we think yeah there's Ahsoka on the right droid republic guy so then right there's the uh the ring with some debris uh, in front of it turns out it wasn't a lord of the rings joke it was a eye of sauron joke it was a giant space ring joke and isn't that the hyperdrive as well at the bottom of it at the bottom of it yeah that's 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 the that's the thing that they're chasing after um on corellia i think is it corellia that they're chasing well that's what they're Um, saying yeah Ahsoka encounters Marok, and the two face off as Hera and Chopper chase after a ship, attempting to escape with the hyperdrive being made for the Eye of Scion. Merrick apparently does not speak. He's a real quiet guy. So this is when he shows up. And then this is Ahsoka. Uh, I don't know. I hate that stamp. <laughs> that's called poop stance. That's called poop stance. Yeah. That's how you can poop and fight. Me, me and you do this like emote on on Fortnite. You yeah. Know? Boop, 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 boop. We do that. Thing, yeah, right? with the little crab guy from yeah. from Futurama. There's never there's never been a more Michael Jackson moment than this. In oh shit! <laughs> when you put it that way. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. What's the rebel? Always the rebel. Um, okay, what's next? Okay, so right here we see that the, the the image of Hera in the, the Phantom 2 chasing after the the engine, the Eye of Scion, as they're calling it, if this is all accurate. Well, that's, yeah, so that's all that there is at the moment. Yeah. Like, and that's why that this, we don't know if this is actually real, because a lot of it just lines up with trailer stuff. Yeah. So it could just be some guy shit posting essentially mm-hmm. um there's like people who's commented but the comments are even like secondhand by saying like it was on a discord somebody said that there's an opening crawl and the crawl is in red text mm-hmm. there's also another part that they say that uh valen doesn't fully trust uh morgan elsbeth and that um she has visions they don't mm-hmm. specify what those visions are but this yeah. isn't coming from the same user that collected the information from the first user that posted and deleted. So, so for, for what it's worth, Dave has done the red opening crawl style shit three times already. Well, so it's the, completely the possible from, he does it here. The Luxem logo for Ahsoka is red. Is red, yeah. True. So it could be the case. So could also be fan math, right? I mean, at this could point. Could also be fan math, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Like I haven't spoken to anybody who's seen these to say that if this is legitimate or not, I have no clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah I I will. I'll know tonight. So 
if uh, if I find out that it's not legit tonight, I don't think I'll come back to do a show saying it's not legit. I'll tweet it out though, and then we'll mention it next show. But if and then if it is legit, um, likely yeah. we'll have stuff to to you know tonight. All the spoilers are going to be everywhere, like pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah, because it's not just people going to that screening. There's also like I said, screeners being sent to people at home. Right. It's gonna it gets out every time, so it's it's gonna happen. Yeah. Well, Sam says this doesn't line up with Jason's reporting on the flashbacks filling in gaps like prior to Ahsoka on Corvus. And like that kind of stuff right there is I've just always been told that it there that the, the show essentially has two timelines, the first four and the second four. And the first four are around the the other side of things, and then the second four are around the later seasons of the Mando show, the current seasons. So, you know, I really don't, it's still inconsequential to me whether, whether it goes that way or the other, or the other. Now the uh, like Cor- Corvus stuff and all that, like, I don't know when the jump is for instance. And, and uh, also just be prepared that if they don't actually hold our hand on what that jump of, of time is. It might it might be like yeah they're it's a little bit different now and we then they might not don't be bold about actually it. Actually, Corvus though we just assume it's Corvus just based off right. of how it looks. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it would be crazy if it wasn't, but it's been crazy. It wasn't other places before, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean that's kind of where we fall on the, on that shit with Star Wars. If you see what you saw and say like it looks like the planet from Mando season two, mm-hmm. then like that's what you literally saw. But it, we we said we saw it with um. The early scenes of Mando, they go. Like, oh, they look like they're filming on Tatooine, and it's not. You know, it's yeah. just another random desert planet. So, yeah, yeah. Especially when they use some of the same shit, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, the Emperor says fan screenings apparently start at three a.m. East Coast time. Three a.m. East Coast time. I don't know. They were they're happening in Los Angeles, so we're definitely yeah. not doing it at twelve midnight tonight. And isn't like, it like not, 7 p.m.? It's like, like 7 p.m. Yeah, it's 7 p.m. It's which is in about uh you know about about eight hours away from now. Uh that they will be doing it. So and um, you know, they might be showing the first two, they might be showing the first three. It's it's hard to say. Uh thank you for the super chat, Quentin. Quentin gave a 499 super chat and says, Nice show. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Hey, you said feet, Quentin the rat. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Quentin. And then um, there's a couple of other things too that we really haven't uh, hit on too much. Uh, they haven't really been showworthy things, but they were definitely article things. And I'm glad you did them, Bespin. Says Star Wars Ahsoka episode directors revealed. So there was this um, article that that Bespin did, and there was a big document that came out. Like, remember how we had like the production notes? From the other shows, I think we had one from Mando and one from Kenobi. Do we have one from Kenobi? Anyways, I think we did. But those ones, uh, the previous ones were a little bit more forthcoming with information. Um, some of the backstories of things and stuff like that. This one, not so much. I was going to read it on the show, and as I was doing the pre-read to highlight, I was like, "This isn't worth it. This is not." Well, this really is where I got the, the directors for each episode from. Is when they sent out that press release. And and, that, yeah, that's why I'm mentioning it because this it's yeah the, that that was the good info from it. This that was it. Yeah, it, it's very <laughs> again just like I think all of the Ahsoka marketing has been. It's very surface level and not very yeah. informative. So 
you know. Right. But they're really pumping out the TV sponsors like a couple every day. Mm-hmm. I think th- there's three different things today, but no new footage. So. Yeah, I was I was telling you I was like during the whole like Mandalorian run, I saw the Mando bus like once or twice. Mm-hmm. That one day I saw the three Ahsoka buses, and I was like, oh shit, the Ahsoka thing's going to be huge. Since then, I have not seen one Ahsoka thing since then. So I mean, don't know. You don't literally know saw Ewan. Right, that's so true. I, I did, yeah. When he, <laughs> when he was Obi Wan Kenobi, which is pretty rad. Um, so yeah. Star Wars Ahsoka episode directors revealed by Bespin Bulletin. It also took us a while to come up with a title for that, to be honest. That was a fucking weird one. Like, what is the best? <laughs> yeah, we went know, back. I, I, I kind of challenged you not to use revealed, and you did so. Because the other options we had was like, what directors did the directors direct or some shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was it was stupid. Who directed what? Yeah, Ahsoka. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We went through like a bunch of them, so this was just the obvious (laughs) choice. So, all right, Lucasfilm and Disney have officially revealed via a press release which episodes the directors of Ahsoka will helm. Before we continue with the news of the day, you can support him on Patreon and Coffee. So Dave Filoni, the series director and executive producer of the Mandoverse series, such as The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. Both of these, sorry, I don't know why I'm doing it that way. Both of these series mentioned he directed on The Mandalorian Season 1, Episode 1 and 5. Season 2, Episode 5, and The Book of Boba Fett Season 1, Episode 6. Just as he did with The Mandalorian, Dave Filoni will direct both the first episode of Ahsoka along with the fifth. Steph Green, I remember her from. She was good. She's, she's, this Dave, is the one you like. Dave loves what? to plead the fifth, so he took the fifth episode. That's, oh, you know. right. Like, I, <laughs> That's I, a little I inside joke. I, I pleaded the fifth. Uh, Steve uh, <laughs> Steph Green, who previously started on high profile series such as, such as HBO's The Watchmen, Billions, mm-hmm. The Americans, The Deuce, and season one, episode two of The Book of Boba Fett, arguably the best episode of the season. Uh, Green, arguably, my my opinion. I don't think it's debatable. You think it's the you, best you, one? You can just watch that one, and you got the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like you're good yeah. enough. Green returns to the Star Wars universe and will direct two episodes of the highly anticipated Ahsoka series, stepping behind the camera to direct episodes two and three of the season. So she's doing two and three, which is that's good. Definitely good to be able to get more from her considering she was very competent on Book of Boba Fett, the most competent. Um, Peter Ramsey. You know, you might you might know old Ramsey, the director who's more than likely best known for directing Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, has been stepping into live-action projects in more recent years, directing the hey, Netflix Jason. miniseries. Yeah? Remember when they announced that some guy whose last name was Webb was directing a Spider-Man movie and the whole internet lost their fucking minds? They literally no. got a guy named Peter directing mm-hmm. Spider-Man, and, and no one mentioned it. No one mentioned it? <laughs> no one mentioned yeah. it. I'm not saying why, but the internet, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Peter Parker Ramsey, that's what we call him around here, directed yeah. the Netflix miniseries Lost Ollie and Episode 5 of The Mandalorian Season 3. Ramsey continued his work oh. in Far, Far Away and the fourth episode of the Ahsoka series. So that's pretty good to go from the Steph Green to Into the Spider-Verse, dude. Isn't is episode right. five the pirate episode of Mando? Like when they fight them on Navarro. Yeah, I think so. Chat would have they to didn't write that. it. 
<laughs> um, Jennifer Getzinger is a veteran of TV work, directing high profile series such as Mad Men, Daredevil, Westworld, Jessica okay, Jones, right. How to okay. Get Away with Murder, Suits, and Desperate mm-hmm. Housewives, just to name a handful. But the list goes on with even more potential titles prominent. or prominent titles, prominent. with even more prominent titles. Getzinger will be helming the sixth episode of Ahsoka, and it might be one to watch out for given Getzinger's pedigree. Um, Jita Vasant Patel. I had I had this group, didn't I? I think I did. This is the it's, one you had, yeah. Yeah, it's probably best known for directing the eighth episode of House of the Dragon season one, one of the most celebrated and critically acclaimed of that season which is likely why she's returning to the series to handle two more episodes next season. Aside from Thrones, Patel also has directed episodes of Superstore, The Mindy Project, The Great the Great, Dead to Me, and Santa Clarita Diet. Patel will handle just one episode of Ahsoka this season, and that episode is the season's penultimate episode, episode seven. We use penultimate because you're a fancy lad. Um, right, I'm a fancy this, boy. Yeah. The 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 season finale of Ahsoka will be directed by a name very very familiar to Star Wars fans. See, right now, as Bespin is writing this, the camera is trucking in on his face. Okay, just remember. Yeah, that. it's me. It's me, everybody. I'm doing it. <laughs> Coming back. That's, I just oh, bought shit, it. George. I bought it, and I'm gonna direct the last one. Um, wait, wait, I'm gonna, George. I'm gonna direct George. it back before George. Yeah, especially yeah. those who have been following the Mandalorian series. Rick Kamiyua. It's not you, George. Oh, it's Rick Kamiyua. Yeah. Yeah. So, so fuck Kamiyua. Right? I'm not a fan of Yua. <laughs> Rick Kamiyua, who directed episodes <laughs> two and six of The Mandalorian's first season, episode seven of Mando's second season, and episodes one, seven and eight of The Mando's third. See, you, you got to be like, you know, the one where, where, where Grogu has a wet dream, you know? The one where, where Cara Dune shits her pants. Because I don't know what you just said right now. The one where Lizzo made Grogu eat a banana. Just no, no. Fucking hell, dude. All right. The, the... It's quite wrote in there that he directed like cha- episode three, chapter 17, whatever it is. You know what I mean? No, like, no it's, it's got to be like, yeah, it has to be like like the, the fucking one where, you know. Do you want brief synopsis for every episode? No, it has like, to be, yeah, yes. I do. Well, yes. it's better. It's better than just l- laying out numbers because that doesn't mean I'm anything pr- to I'm a normal. I'm pretty sure person. both hey, best me mentally check out if I like make these too long. Oh, so. I mentally Chad checked GPT out Chad. when you wrote seven, eight, nine, and ten. Like I don't know what any of that stuff. I also is. pretty much. Yeah, GPT would do it. Yeah, <laughs> GPT wouldn't be complaining about doing. Oh shit! No. You just no. oh, you should just think way. about it. <laughs> Somebody it accused no. me of like using AI to write my articles like recently, <laughs> like little fucking. Dicks, they obviously you know? never read your articles, like because we go over these. <laughs> the fight to go over. Like we yeah. know, we know the mind behind this. This is not a robot. This oh no, is this is. Yeah, this I is couldn't believe it. I was like, this is a bulletin. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "This is an insult, dude," and he's like, "I'm oh, sorry." And like, and I was like, "Nah, fuck you. You know, you're blocked." Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, right uh, now, I'll get paid like fifty pence, Rob. You know, like yeah. that's all I make from this stupid shit. So, and you get insulted for it <laughs> by us too. Send me in, like, but like, but like, send me through coffee. You can tell me I'm a fat piece of shit. For like mm-hmm. one dollar, you're, you're a fat piece it. of shit. Hold on, oh, hold on, I'm on it. Oh, hold on, it's the best three bucks I've all today. <laughs> you know, I need the income. I need the financial support. Abuse me, you know. 
All right. So some of Family U.S. episodes of The Mandalorian are often the ones most celebrated. And the director has been seen in a very positive light by Mando creator John Favreau and Mando executive producer Dave Filoni, who gave Family U.S. a more prominent role on The Mandalorian by promoting the director to an executive producer role, overseeing the third season when Family U.S. Or when Favreau and Filoni, I think that's the title. Yeah, Favreau and Filoni were busy with other projects, including Ahsoka and Skeleton Crew. Filoni has once again shown his faith in Famuyiwa by selecting the director to be the man behind the camera for the season finale, episode eight. Which, yeah, I mean, I think that that's a pretty high accolade to give Filoni because he could have been a control freak. He's like, I'll do the first and the last. I'm Dave fucking Filoni, bitch. But he was like, nah. Yeah, yeah, I assume so too. And and not, I didn't even see it as like an ego move. Just why wouldn't he? You know, so the fact that he's not doing it, that he's giving it over to having Famuyiwa do it, I think says something about how he must feel about Famuyiwa as a filmmaker. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think like when you look at his obviously his career in the Star Wars like universe, he has gone from strength to strength, and he's like next in line when uh when it comes to the executive producers, right? Like he yeah. he will step in for John and Dave. They have a lot of trust in him. I think it's, yeah, I think it's a good move that he's one directing the finale because looking at the others, even though um, like Getzing has like a lot of like pedigree in TV mm-hmm. work, I would still rather be Famuyiwa who knows like how the technology works and, you know, he knows how to tell the company line, everything, you know, he's probably the guy you want for it. Yeah. It's like, it's like, if you looked at, at, I mean, not, not to crap on the show, but if you looked at, Deborah Chow's work in Star Wars as well as out. And then you, you know, you would think, oh, this pedigree is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Like this, this person should be directing the next Star Wars film. And then you watch Kenobi and you're like, hmm, doesn't really have doesn't seem to have the stamina for six episodes of this shit at this price point to be like well, that inventive. About here, it, you know, like they didn't write it, but we're at, what we're definitely talking about here is visual consistency. And I was just listening to um uh, Roger Deakins and his wife do a podcast called Team Deakins, and they just had Greg Fraser on in a two-parter. And so uh-huh. he was talking about the Batman the whole time, and he yeah. talked about Mand- Mandalorian and develop and how they developed the volume starting on Rogue One, uh, and then how he personally helped develop them. It should be a sphere, and it helped them how it works with light and all this stuff. I have a picture it. on my on my site of the of the one that was developed for Rogue One. They did it for the yeah, I remember when I first saw that, I'm like, that's smart. Whatever that yeah. was to get all the spaceship stuff in. I thought that was g- genius. Yeah, but was one good. of the things he was saying was that on the Batman was that they had to get it down to like a couple lenses. And even though it would have been way easier in certain shots to just use a different lens for a shot here or a shot there, it would have thrown off the whole look of the movie. And to keep that consistency across the whole film is actually very difficult you cross first AD, second AD, third AD, all that stuff so like like i made me think about and i didn't want to pick on kenobi but since she coincidentally brought it up like that's the one mm-hmm. that has the least visual consistency from episode to episode you know yeah. like and i'm like that is something that really experience it really i think experience comes with it, or you just have the mindset for it but that mm-hmm. you just change one type of shot if you've been building a look and tone and it can throw everything off and the dude's pretty honest because they asked him if he would change anything about the Batman. He said, well, no. And then he goes, I'm not going to say what shots, but there was perhaps some green screen work or blue screen work. We would not choose to do again if given the chance. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, the stadium, right? Because it's the one thing in the movie 
it doesn't look right. And he does admit he's not good enough to light giant blue screens, even though they use they use gray screen a lot actually when they would go out mm-hmm. so that they could get the values right. They were use a gray screen. So then when they go and do composite work that the the colors they bounce on people are like the values are right. And then so when they shift it around digital, you don't notice it as much. Like it's a whole it's a whole complicated thing that I have to talk. There's some very technical stuff in that episode that my buddy who's a cinematographer, he's he's working. When he comes back, I'm gonna ask him about before I get into it on the mm-hmm. show too much. But I just think that 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 shot consistency, right? The lens consistency, that is uh that that is really what a director and especially when they're working with their DP is supposed to really be doing as well you know like really yeah. direct the director of photography should be doing the most but it, it can get lost on you you know mm-hmm. there's a, um, a comment from bma joe and i think it might be worth looking into he says natasha leo bordizzo's favorite episode from ahsoka is episode one mm-hmm. uh, rosario's is episode five and shins is uh, episode six i think that might tell us something about what those episodes will contain like if we go from the leak being legitimate mm-hmm. then uh natasha gets a lot to do in that episode she gets to bounce in for the first time she probably goes through some character stuff uh you know in regards to ezra you know a call to battle essentially yeah. um obviously episode five is directed by dave which probably explains why rosario is into it it also might tell us that and that's when we think most likely ezra pops up well, I was thinking maybe episode five is the uh, world between worlds stuff. Yeah, because you'd imagine Dave would want would want to be the one that handles that, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. this is obviously post jump where we think that they, you know, they've moved on from our galaxy venture into the new beyond, which we'll, we'll just refer to. Um, yeah. So maybe that's where the. Um, the world between world stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you could see why Rosario would be a fan of that. Like she's mm-hmm. obviously talked a lot about Hayden and the bond between Anakin and Ahsoka. Um, so maybe that's what that lies. And then episode six, I'd imagine could be the Culver stuff or what we assume is the Culver stuff mm-hmm. where there's a, we, we've seen them on that planet, right? There's like a lot of mercenaries there. It's not just Shin. Yeah, Hayland. I think it's around six or seven that they end up on that Scottish Highlands grassy planet mm. around that point. So I'm of the opinion, I'm just of the opinion. This is my opinion. We haven't seen a fucking thing from the second half. And we haven't even, they haven't shown us the stormtroopers. They haven't, you know, they haven't gone into any of that, that side of things. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure how it, how that's going to unfold, where that stuff happens or whatever. Cause like, if that's like a, a Sith, uh, or a, sorry, uh, a Night Sister temple, for instance, I mean, I just always assume maybe there would be some worlds between worlds kind of jazz might go down in that location. But then when you hear it's that, you're like, well, that seems unlikely mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean? Like, how does that work? So it's kind of has me. But but that's a pretty good pretty good comment from from BMA Joe A, because it's true. Like what they say their favorite episodes are are most we would have to assume is them being sort of um, again more prominent ego like, egocentric yeah. as a performer. So she like Ivana Sagno must have like great moments in six, you know, for instance. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, good like uh, looking. 
with the assumption of episode one for Sabine, you know, she's on the thaw, she's doing the speeder bike stuff, she's getting to have a fight. She's probably got some emotional stuff to handle as well, so it's probably is a favor of, of hers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Rosario, I think, would lean towards the world between worlds hating stuff, especially mm-hmm. if it's Dave at the helm. Yeah. So, and they're with Anakin, you know, you get to be with Anakin. Like, that's yeah. pretty crazy. I mean, I, I, get, I get the impression that, you know, and I'm sure she's a very normal human, not like weird like us, but I get the impression that she's a, just a very generalized Star Wars fan. And, you know, so she's like, I think she's my age. So Phantom Menace was probably like a huge deal. You know what I mean? So she probably saw those films. Uh, she was in film at the time. So she probably is, is you know, into it to some degree. So probably a big deal to her. And I think that's a, that's a good good guess. Um, so you, you did this article that says the runtime for episode three has been revealed. The third episode of Star Wars Ahsoka might be 17 days away. Do you not account, bro? It ain't 17 days away. Why are you saying that? You know? No. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, is that why? Uh, last oh, week, God. Cryptic HD Quality shared via X the run times for the first two episodes of Ahsoka's two-episode premiere. The user shared that he obtained the information thanks to press screeners being sent out. If you're unfamiliar with Cryptic, he's a social media user who often and accurately shares runtimes for a variety of upcoming episodes of TV shows, including Star Wars content, Marvel Studios releases, and HBO, and more. Cryptic HD Quality has shared the third episode of Ahsoka due to be released on August 30th. We'll have a runtime of 34 minutes and 50 seconds, but without credits in- included. The runtime is 31 minutes and 50 seconds. So it's going to suck is what you're telling me, right? That mm-hmm. it can't be good because yep. the longer something is, the better it is. Like if you're mm-hmm. making a Five Nights at Freddy's movie, make it three hours. That's how you make it good. Yeah. That's that's what the kids want. Did that the come third- out yet? No. No, it comes out in October. Was it Cryptic oh, okay. HD Quality who gave the runtime for that movie? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, he's saying that the Five Nights at Freddy's movie is three hours, Rob. My kids can't wait. They're not going to sit through the three-hour <laughs> fucking Five Nights at Freddy's you can play movies. through the game in 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, third, the third episode is the shortest of the, of the first three episodes, with episode one coming in at 54 minutes, episode two at 42 minutes, both with writing credits. Um, though it's not mentioned by Cryptic, there's a good chance that a recap of episode two is included in episode three's runtime, which will likely bring the minutes of the new content down even further. If this is the case, oh, no. then the episode will likely be 30 to 29 minutes. Mm-hmm. Also, we're, yeah, and one thing to, that's worth mentioning is I believe that the show is cut up into two, two part one and part two. First four is part one, second four is part two. And uh, so most likely... People will take that literally, Jason. You need to, like, <laughs> clarify it. Yeah, there's, like, a time jump. There's, like, before they go to the new place and after they go to the new place. It's not so, called Ahsoka Part 1. It's not called Ahsoka Part 2. No, it's not called that. But but it's we literally how the show is. Yeah, for dummies. All right, dummies. Yeah. All right, listen up, dummies. Um, cut to tomorrow's show where Jason's yelling at the dummies. Well, didn't clarify it or not. So, so, so look at look at look at season one of Ahsoka as as two parts. So, what you're going to have is as you get up on part one, as you right ramp up to the very end, big oh damn moments, you're going to have a bunch of action. 
And most likely that 30 minutes right there is, is probably action stuff. Just a guess. And then the, then the last one would be how everything shakes out and them leave. I would assume that's when they leave to the new, to the new place, to the, to the new galaxy that they need the engine, the scion engine, if that's accurate uh, to get to the galaxy far, far away. Yeah. The far galaxy, even far away. (laughs) <laughs> than than the other one that you know, so right. so anyways, uh, Bespin writes. I'm sure many fans will feel disappointed by the with the runtime of Episode Three. Some fans usually kick up a fuss when Star Wars live action shows receive shorter runtimes and want runtimes to reach closer to the hour mark. Perhaps they feel as if they're being shortchanged. Fucking losers. The runtime should not come should come as no real shock as series creator Dave Filoni previously revealed that Ahsoka would receive would receive runtimes close to that of the Mandalorian season three through the third episode of Ahsoka. If Cryptic's reporting is accurate, um, is accurate is it short any shorter than any episode of the Mandalorian's third season. The Mandalorian season three's shortest episode coming in at thirty five minutes, one minute longer than Ahsoka episode three. Oh, oh my God. When I compared it, I realized that Dave Filoni shortchanged me by three fucking minutes. Three fucking (laughs) minutes, Dave Filoni. You son of a bitch. No, no, no. It's only one minute. No, it's as long as an Iger, but not as short as a JPEG. You know what I'm saying? Oh, shit. (laughs) put it that way. It's not the length, it's the girth, right, Filoni? That's what matters. How much you put in that, that space. I say it often, but runtimes do not phase me in the slightest. That, this, that, that, that's my best spin bulletin uh, impersonation. This, um, is, this is all written by AI, but, you know. This, this is an AI. None of my personalities. Yeah. It's getting worse, folks. Yeah. <laughs> if the episode calls for an episode to be shorter or longer, then so be it. I believe that forcing an episode to be longer than it needs to be can seriously impact the pacing of the episode, which could impact the quality of the episode overall and the storytelling. Same goes for an episode being forced to adhere to a shorter runtime also. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's completely like a non-issue. I won't I, I, I won't call like it out or anything because I don't want to fight anybody. I don't care. But I've I've seen and heard of like people in the film industry that do like you know podcasts and stuff like playing this game and they're just literally playing the fans like a fiddle they fucking know exactly why the runtime is irrelevant as it's just it's a serialized content that's cut up into into eight chunks and some are going to be 30 minutes huh some of these creators but they only started doing this content like the last few days once they saw the reaction to the shorter runtime because this was when did I do this 30th of August yeah so yeah like what's crazy to me though dude is how many people will just be like nothing's as good as the original trilogy I'm like all right well the first movie is like fucking like 90 minutes (laughs) yeah (laughs) like in one of these episodes is about the third of you know what I mean the length of the you know so it's it's really what you do at the time, folks. I mean, I know everyone wants this stuff to like right. fill in every gap theoretically, but it just it just doesn't. Like they're not no. designed to be it's more explanators. Said. You know, they want to like, they want to they want a magically a two and a half hour Star Wars movie to fall out of Lucasfilm's ass every week somehow. It's mm. just to happen, and they're going to get eight Star Wars movies this season. How long did it take them to make Jedi Survivor? Much as it was three years. Three years, no, it's right? Longer than that, it's like it was five. 
Five, I think. Five. Five years. So if you wait, if you're willing to wait five more years for one series, <laughs> it's as yeah. long as you'd like. You see what I mean? Doesn't. But but, but I mean, but but let's 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 take something else less less you know hot button. If we took um, Raiders of the Lost Ark and we cut that into a Disney Plus series, right? Well, the first episode would be about twenty minutes, and it would be twenty of the most perfect minutes in all of Hollywood. Well, of all time it's also <laughs> you know what i mean it's like it, it just goes also, to show you yeah i agree with that but it's also a product of groupthink right now because if you remember back when daredevil came out on netflix the whole internet was like this is 10 episodes it really should be like 13 it's too short it's too short and mm-hmm. now you're watching disney plus and they're like six episodes is too short it should be a, it should be 10 10 would be the perfect episode right and i'm like you said 10 was too short not but 10 years ago well like, yeah look at look at look at what, what, what seth is pointing out dave is an expert at short tv episodes that's the other thing the guy's probably done 150 episodes of 22 minute star wars television so when you when you get down just, to it and, and it, nobody's doing a, th- a 31 minute episode long episode that's essentially the special edition long version of something like that for him you know it makes sense you're a my uh, my hater in this chat, NPC Battle Man, whatever his name oh, is. Oh, yeah, you ready? Tell me, the fucking the game came out twenty nineteen. The new one came out this year. Mm-hmm. Like, that is not three years. Like, it ain't. And when yeah. they would do, when they might have, they might claim they didn't stop working on it until what twenty twenty mm-hmm. or something. But they were like, they've said like publicly they were already planning and working on ideas for uh, Survivor before the release. Of yeah. fallen order, so I don't know. Yeah, just wanted yeah. to clarify it because. Okay, so you got to wait three years for for twenty hours of content, you know, and then you're going to be annoyed because you're not doing anything. Like in a game, you're engaged, you're doing the stuff. You're not well, sitting there captive watching it, you know. Like it's a little different. What what's what's overlooked is that it, it's a it's a it's a T ball setup, Rob content creator comes out says i don't get what's up with these run times well what the fuck is going on and then the show comes out and if it's a big hit then they don't ever touch it again but if they can identify any turd in the water you know what i mean any turd in the punch bowl then they're then they go and then they go like oh my god they they could have put you know a flashback to captain rex but instead the episode was 29 minutes and then it just like allows them to like grift off of like, it's like a made to order criticism. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just, just yeah, I get punch that. in the also, hole. Just for the record, it's lazy. I didn't really, I didn't really think about it until now. But like I'm a, I'm probably the biggest fan of Andor on this show. I couldn't tell you the length of one episode, mm-hmm. and we covered them all, and we covered the length of the episodes. Like I just know when yeah. I like if it's great, I don't think about this. If it's bad, I certainly go. It's because it was too long. Hey, Batman and Rob. I see people cut Batman and Robin down to thirty minute fan edits, and it's still dog shit. Like none of it can be saved. None of yeah. it can be saved. It's not the problem, you know. Yeah, yeah, but like this is just a, a thing that has been going on for like a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like they equate like quality to runtime for some reason. Like when I posted about this the other day, like the, all the responses were all negative, and I'm like, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm gonna like maybe this is a bit too harsh but i've never heard a person of who i consider to be of intelligence complain about a runtime 
before they've seen the product, whether it's a movie, whether it's a TV episode. Like you've never hung out with Fox executives. I have not. <laughs> but my favorite thing with the runtime was on Titanic because like theater owners would refuse to show a three hour long movie. So they called it an hour and 74 minutes. That was Cameron. Because <laughs> mm. <laughs> he knew they were too stupid to do the math. Right. But if it says three hours and, you know, or two and a half hours or whatever, whatever. Yeah. It is, yeah. So this three hours is going to be a fucking problem. But an hour and 74 minutes. Oh, you're good to go. You know? Yeah. Like, whatever. It's so, so stupid, dude. Like, yeah. Like Oppenheimer was like, like close to three hours long. It's, I'm like, that, that's the one you're quoting me on. I opened this show with someone said leak. Uh, come on, man. that's the least. <laughs> Oppenheimer is like three hours long, but it, it like it sort of flies by because of like the pacing of it, the, the score, and you know, how it's edited, everything. But then yeah, something yeah. like Turtles, which is only like an hour and a half long, I was like checking like my watch for like, the yeah. last 30 minutes because it started to drag. Like yeah. it's about pacing. Yeah. Like I don't care how long or short something is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when 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 ideas all of a sudden become less bold and and clear, like in turtles, then all of a sudden it does start to you know the brakes do slow down as your brain tries to process things that aren't necessarily making sense. And a big thing too is like consistency. Though this is where I think you could make you could kind of make an argument is that like if you know episode one and two feel like they're breakneck you know or whatever and then all of a sudden the next one is 55 minutes long and it feels slow and drags and then the next one is 30 minutes and it feels like it's fast again that doesn't make a good series that makes like just really uneven storytelling and so that's where i think like the the uh, potentially it could the the real stuff could lie but in actuality we know that with star wars once you want the star wars magic it requires really fast edits. It used to be a big Hollywood thing, a big footnote you'd find in trivia books in the 80s and 90s was the opening of Return of the Jedi cell barge has more cuts in it than an entire movie alone, than your average right. film. And so when when you want to go and you, the cell barge might only be a 15-minute sequence, but the amount of work that goes into it is that of an entire film, basically. At the time, yeah. Especially. I mean, Marsha so, on the first film stayed on on board to get the whole uh Death Star battle done because she felt that was her and Lucas felt that that was the one thing that if they had done and figured out emotionally, it would be there. And then two Fox couldn't cut it because they were trying to find ways to save money. You know, yeah. And they thought the Death Star battle was where they were going to save the most money. I I agree too. And also, not for nothing, man. Look, you know me, man. I've been pretty critical of a lot of the Star Wars TV, but um, it hasn't been like because there have been this varying levels of length or quality from episodes. Usually the whole series has a giant problem, right? Mm -hmm. And it becomes pretty evident early on what that problem is. It's like it's just off. It's off the 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 the, the promise of the premise. It's off the story. It's off something. There's like a – it was evident from Boba Fett episode one, like – something's not right this is not feeling mm -hmm. right with boba fett season three it looks brilliant mando yeah sorry mando season three right like it looks mm -hmm. brilliant visually like it's consistent all the way through you yeah. know for the most part right but like 
Yeah. Uh, they, when you're like, where's Mando showing up? Like, you're just waiting. <laughs> just look at your watch. What is the Mando? Where are, we, where are we getting to? So this yeah. is this, it's other problems, you know? Than well, like, 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 like in, in Mando 3, though, you go through and you don't have, you know, you have episodes that are, you know, 40 minutes, whatever. Then, then you get the Coruscant episode. And it's like, thinks it's trying to be like, it's trying to do Andor. Like, it got really inspired by yeah. Andor at yeah. one point and then but it's like you know it's, it's like when your friend says i wrote a beatles song it's not the beatles bread it might be okay but it's not the beatles and like that's kind of like what that episode is is for me and like, but on a show like mando where it just keeps go keeps going like it's never going to end i do expect there to be the weird episodes where lizzo takes a skiff down to a giant sarlacc and puts a giant banana in it and makes you eat it like that's going to happen if you do 100 Stone episodes of a show yeah, I was so making. Much. I was. I was taking it up. Did you say Sarlacc? I said Pulled I, an I, Iger. I don't, you know. Mm. That's why you're here. You're a writer. The body shame the Gamorian God. You know. <laughs> 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 fucking that that that's that, that's why he wasn't in Book of Boba Fett. He fucking killed himself. <laughs> the the Rancor Keeper from Return of the Jedi. He killed himself uh, after Lizzo fucking <laughs> went on him. But. Anyways, though, uh, yeah, it just needs like, way better writing. That's, you know, that's what we're trying to say. Like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but well, okay, but like, like let's let's look at um, a new hope. As per your example, Fox steps in. They haven't done enough on the end battle. They lose the money. Fox not budging. We've lost it. So what do you do now? Well, you need to make a runtime. So you start adding more shots of R2 and 3PO walking around the fucking desert, meandering. More shots of Aunt Beru stirring blue milk. More. I mean, that's 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 where time goes. That's where that's what you end up doing because there's like an action happens in frame. Luke you Skywalker don't trim, jumps. You don't trim Luke weird. at Anchorhead or whatever. Right? You keep Cammy and Big. Yeah, yeah. You end up putting yeah. Bigs and Cammy back in, and yeah. and and that shit's not that good. It's not that human good, Jabba Hut. Jabba the Hutt, right? Human Jabba, yeah, yeah, and it just ends up being, you know, but or and and then even if you don't add anything back in, then you just simply have to bloat it out. But that's like, why uh, they should just write longer stories, Jason. Mm -hmm. Right? Look just at the last comment. <laughs> you need to write longer stories. <laughs> Elongate the stories. You know? uh, explain everything, please. That that'll make well, it. they're explaining it enough. Don't let the creatives tell the story they want to. Make it longer. Every well, time, I'm, make it longer. I'm gonna be, I'm, a, I'm gonna be the advocate for Andre here. Um, so basically, like, it just depends on how you're looking at it, Andre. Like, in the sense that, uh, they could make eight episodes, or they could make four episodes, and they're just cutting. It's just how the 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 arcs are being. I, cut up. I think, I think the problem Snyder addressed it the other day. I think it was Snyder. I can't remember. My head's he's never even watched the Snyder. Show. Right, but no, no, no. This is separate. But this had to do with Marvel, and this is true because I, I listened to Malcolm Spellman, who was a head writer on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I I really love that series. You know, the the last fifteen minutes of the last episode aside, I love it as a whole. Mm -hmm. But that Malcolm gave a pretty candid interview once, and I remember listening to it where he was saying that he was like, "Yeah, Marvel doesn't hire like showrunners; like they hire a writer, and then the studio produces it." And as we all know, with TV, man, like it's a different medium. And Disney and Snyder was saying how Disney just jumped in and tried to shove their format for making movies into TV. 
And I think that's happened across the board, Lucasfilm, across Disney Plus as a whole. And I don't think it works. They they need to get the people who know how to make tea. It's a different medium. And that's really the giant problem there. Mm -hmm. You know, like the studio. And by the way, I don't know, man. Go look at their 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 hit record for the year. Disney's movies aren't doing that great either, right? There's like this consistency. So it's just like you gotta if, if the format is known for if TV is acclaimed and you're in the golden people have been saying we're in the golden age of television, right? Which is crazy when you think about all the years of television. Um yeah, yeah. The, the last and then you decided to jump in of television yeah. have been I mean you decided to jump in with your big money, right? At the height of its complexity, right? We're, at yeah. the, we're, we're in the 70s for with the, the late 60s, early 70s music. We're mm-hmm. there with TV. You decided to jump in with VH1 pop-up, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right, right? Or Limp Biscuit, right? Or, or Green Day, uh, you know? Like you start to show up with that. You know, you, you're going yeah. up against, you know, the, the soul searchers. I don't know, man. You know? Yeah. Like, it's, it's a problem. Yeah, no, it, it it's just like I prefer my, my movies to be like about two hours. Like that's what I, I think. Lord of the Rings, I think, made a lot of non-epic filmmakers think that they needed just to make long movies like they were that. And I just don't understand it. I, I, in this day and age, I feel like if your movie is three hours, it probably just should be a fucking TV show. And if you're, you know what I mean, for the most part, I'm not I'm not shitting on your fucking special little Cameron here. Cameron's the exception. Most people though are aren't Peter Jackson and James Cameron. Most of the time we don't need Well the difference is Cameron that you know for a fact Cameron even admits he made a version mm-hmm. of Avatar 2 that was 2 hours. Like he tries everything. Like he really does. And I just sure. think you have to go with when people are in the theater reacting to it, how do they react? He does pay attention to those screenings and you know, a lot of studios don't do screenings at all. And, and in television, it's like impossible. So this is this is just a different you have to then you have to go, okay, you gotta gauge your intuition, right? Like, is this working, not working? Will it work as a whole? That's where I'm like, you need a showrunner to keep track of everything. A real mm-hmm. dedicated showrunner, not just like a executive producer, I kind of wrote everything I'm keeping a tabs on. It's not the same thing. Yeah, and I mean this. This probably also just brings up a truck of bullshit with the uh, the strike and how they're how that's going to change too post strike. I mean, we're we're in a different Hollywood already, whether you realize it or not. And whatever happens post strike, whatever created the golden age of television is at risk just post strike of never happening again. Like at the. Yeah. The, the the vast quantity of good material you know well i i think i think a big thing that like disney for instance has been like wrestling with between the golden age of television and then having a really good run of films making a lot of money is what's what's a movie and what's a show when the line gets blurred like right. how do you how do you you know and my complaint it, is andor a film is andor a series and stuff like that you know it's yeah, yeah it's, it's really it's really a, a difficult kind of thing to I figure think the, out. I think the the way to have started that. Hold on one second. I I think it's going to end up going over, and like I think the lines will be a little bit less blurred after the strike. Yeah, a little less blurred, and I think that you know, I just felt that the TV side should have been them setting up storylines that then get finished, you know, as big spectacles in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. like and then 
you start on that foot and then they'll find they'll find a rhythm but they don't even have a good footing now they don't really know even marvel doesn't know if this is a thing that's in between a movie does it do you even have to are they, and the the craziest part is i like doctor strange but like you know you can tell they didn't watch wandavision <laughs> mm-hmm. sam raimi didn't watch that before he made the movie like you, you just tell like he didn't watch this or just didn't so like care. yeah Enjoy yeah that. literally mm-hmm. you know and that that is why are you telling people to subscribe to your thing and follow along and buy everything if you yourself aren't paying attention to your own stuff if yeah. you who are making it aren't why should we yeah. it's a it's a valid question i think yeah um, Steven says, the question is, will they adopt the minimum number of writers room going forward? You know, the thing Variety claims nobody wants, even though they do, but they exaggerated one example. Well, what do you think about that, Bestman? Well, it was last week when they met mm-hmm. with them on Friday. One of the proposals that the AMPTP uh, like offered was that they'd let that be dictated by showrunners. Um it wouldn't be dictated by the company. It would be dictated from the showrunners based off of the budget that would already have been allocated for that series. So that was my proposal. Uh, obviously, we know on Monday the proposal was rejected, and now the response is seemingly mixed as to where they go. Um, but on mm-hmm. Friday, it seemed positive. They brought in the WGA East and the captains of the WGA Westin. And after that meeting, it wasn't as positive. But I'll be right back, guys. Once I go ahead and take take over, okay? I'll be right back. Yeah. So I, I was going to say, man, go ahead. Uh, so my thing is, I think I think that's sort of the direction it might be going in, um, in terms of the smaller writers' room, uh, scenario. But I, I don't know. I think because but it's the- it's tough, isn't it? It's tough though, Bestman, because like you know, you got one guy wrote True Detective season one, right? Mm-hmm. Wrote and directed it, and it worked. True Detective season two didn't work. <laughs> no, it's the same thing same with the, uh, like I, I don't watch it. Like I know Jason has, but Yellowstone, like that creator T- Taylor Sheridan, he he writes all that by himself, and he writes the spinoff shows, which I have seen by himself. And do you really want to mess with a creative's vision? Just I think what they have to do, because you know the, what they're what they're trying to do is keep away from studios yeah, finding yeah. a way to just not hire people and so i think what you have to do is if you're going to be the sole writer you also have to be the showrunner mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you have yeah. to you you have to in a way be taking on three times and they can't just like invent an ai writer or no, or no. Uh, a, a a producer's assistant who is just rewriting AI generated scripts because I think that's what we're re- see this whole minimum writer thing is getting around another problem is what it really yeah. is that they, they neither one wants to admit is the problem. I think on Friday as well one of the proposals that the AM PTP made was in regards to AI and it was apparently much closer to what the WGA uh, proposed in March. So they're getting much closer on the AI uh, element, um, which originally they were far apart on. Right. Well, I think, look, for me, man, I just think the AI thing, in terms of writing, is the least uh, problematic of the problems because just go, I don't, like, it hasn't improved that much. AI is better at making up things and, um, 
giving you factual knowledge. So there's that. But even when it makes up things, it can't make up funny. It just mm-hmm. can't. It's not going to make it can re it can steal jokes. And and I could just tell you right now, you're never going to be able to know where something came from if it's word for word plagiarized. You know, like it just doesn't work that way. Some of those things like being can cite at sources, but even then it's not accurately citing some source. I've got it to generate fake sources sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you just ask it to give you a review on a specific comic book from 30 years ago, it will just invent shit out of whole cloth. And then sometimes in the middle of that invention, steal something and plagiarize something word for word and you didn't tell me where it came from. So the, the writing thing I'm the least worried about because I believe just the right amount of lawsuits will solve that problem. What's the bigger issue, and this is something that Greg Fraser and Roger Deakins got into a little bit, was when studios start to manufacture actors in whole cloth as AI, real human actors, not a golem or a Jar Jar Binks, like an actual human actor that is popular. And then they own that, they own, that's a character they own, an actor that they own, right? And then they just start slowly removing real actors to which I I could say maybe that wouldn't happen just given that we haven't seen visual effects and Moore's law work very well together. You're not being able to double the amount of visual effects in your films. That there are a dwindling number of people who can do visual effects. You've never had Rick McCallum of- talk to you about the price of the megabyte, apparently. Like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I would I if I would give I would give a left foot to have a drunk Rick McCallum. <laughs> Tell me about he was off he was going off about the price of the megabyte this one night i was like all right dude. but look it's one of those things that like lucas and them push for the longest time you'll be able to never tell the difference between a digital actor or real and they're pushing and pushing and then now that we're here they're like be careful the studios want to replace everyone with digital actors it's like well that isn't that what you wanted george but yeah. the reality is i just think they kind of can't given that there's just only so many you can't do how many movies are put out a year? Actual films. You can't do 50 studio films a year where there are 100% CGI actors. There isn't enough talent to make that happen. It's easier and more cost-effective is what they're trying to do. It's just cost-effective to get a person on set and pay them the least amount of money to crank out a fucking performance. Like that, It's just cheaper that way, you know? Uh, ben says... Like I said earlier, I just wish the Jack Black and Lizzo episode could have been five <laughs> hours long for all the people crying about runtimes. See, yeah, I and- love that episode because that's mm-hmm. when our fan base finally saw where I was coming from with that season. <laughs> you're, you're a terrible. I person, just watched. Bob. You see, you weren't on my side of the internet, Jason. From my room, everything turned in my favor. Mm-hmm. It was like an episode of Ted Lasso where you think they aren't going to win, and then hey, and they do. They do. Yeah. Well, no, and it's like it's like um, see see the the uh, thing uh, Red Five says Andor got the episodes and length right, and it's like yeah, the, like what Andor got right was was the episode lengths were just completely dictated by the pacing, and the, the and, pacing and the of the, of the of the uh, drama of of it is what made the runtime and those those things, and it's like because by the same measure, the ice cream episode of Mando would be the same as as Andor if it was just simply episode length right but we know we know that it's not it's it's something else much more complicated and that's something Macquarie gets into in in pretty good detail even in the last interview he did with jeff goldsmith right before the strike so it's only like 30 minutes it was like right after the strike but he was saying how like you know in his films not just mission impossible 
at this point they just shoot a shit amount of coverage and build the film in the editing bay so he's he's working their their editor eddie who did top gun and all the mission impossible films with him and jack reacher stuff like eddie is watching them shoot in real time like yeah and he's editing you know so like that that that's where you got to work hand in hand with you that's where an editor isn't someone you hired on fiverr to make your thing fit a runtime right like right. it's yeah. part of the collaborative process hopefully right mm-hmm. yeah and like joe says a good structure makes it easier to tell a good story yeah and there's like two schools of thought on that there's one school of thought when you're telling good story the structure comes naturally you don't need to pay any attention to it then there's actual structuralists who are like you must have a structure but i side these days with with tarantino's belief that it comes from characters first Mm -hmm. and then the structure of your movie will come in the editing but if you're quentin tarantino your characters are fucking vibrant and you can be right on that i know if you're not quentin tarantino and your characters aren't that vibrant i don't know if that's the methodology for you (laughs) you know try harder try harder harder. (laughs) get in the character bitch but that's quentin would do (laughs) yeah show him those feats uh, from that one planet, and and then he'll make a Star Wars. Um, well, we I, I think we did it, right, guys? We 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 hit all of the uh, news that we needed to hit, and that was lingering around. And Bestman got a coffee. Bestman got a coffee. Did I? That's good. He's a thirsty little boy. You should go check, Bestman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I if you've sent me abuse, Rob, I welcome it. You know, I I welcome all abuse. If you want feet fix, I'll also send feet fix. <laughs> he won't come on camera, but he will put a feet cam up. You know, I'll put my feet on my little hairy little hobbit feet. You know, you can have them. Yeah, little hairy toes, little, little, little hairy toes bulletin. His little yeah. bulletins. That's what he's all. I got ten little bulletins. Um. Anyways, we'll uh, yeah, we'll 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 be we'll be back covering um. If this leak was real, if it wasn't real, we'll we'll know. We'll and we'll we'll have a lot of information in the next twenty four hours for sure. I would say, pretty for sure. Uh, if everything goes according to plan so uh what will grace randolph think (laughs) i hope she likes i don't know if i like the movie uh, show very much you know (laughs) i just hope she enjoys it you know (laughs) hope everybody has a good time people always send me your clips i'm like i don't why are you doing this like (laughs) what did i do i mean people care what she has to say so you know i We'll be back uh, when that information drops, like whenever that is, whenever it hits legitimately, uh, I'll be back and, and I'll cover it. And then, what will Zack um, Snyder think? You think he'll like it? Yeah. He's he'll say like Rebel it. Moon is better. He'll be like, Rebel Moon forever! <laughs> uh, I every forgot about part. Rebel Moon after this track. Mm-hmm. Is that even coming Layla out comes now? out next week, Rob. Get excited. Out next week. Yeah. You do a review <laughs> yeah. on this channel. We're, we're, we're going to review it, Rob. We are. <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to look at it from the perspective of, was it good? Did we like it? I don't care what else he's done. I don't care about any of his other shit. I don't give a fuck. Would this guy, did we, did we lose out by this not being a Star Wars movie in 2023 or not? And that, that kind of thing. I mean, well, at least that's how I want to look at it. In, in my defense with the Star Wars movie thing, they would, Luke Cathy would have had a dedicated DP on his Star Wars film. He's doing all of his photography now and, you know, no what, you know what? You know he's what? No Zachy, David, he's no Larry you know what? Fong or whatever. Zachy know, like, Farms would say to you, he said, get that chicken shit out of here. 
That's what Zachy Farms would say to That's you. That's how you end the show. You should have just <laughs> cut right to it. <laughs> what are you if doing? This, if this show would end when I tell it to, we would have so many good prominent endings. But it kind of does what it wants, you know. But anyways, we'll we'll we'll, we'll be back. Thanks everybody for uh for the super chats and supporting the show and being channel members and all that jazz and for hanging out with us. Appreciate that too. And um, next week we'll be covering the, the episodes as they as they as they come on. Um, I, I asked Meg, um, Meg, you you've led people to believe that uh, you've seen the episodes, and everybody's telling me Meg's seen the episodes, and so I'm coming to shake you down for all the information. But, anyways, uh, we'll we'll be, we'll be back. And thanks again, uh, Bespin, for 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 uh, coming and hanging out with us. We appreciate it, man. And for and for writing writing the uh, the uh, document up. And uh, support Bespin on on Patreon or give him a copy. But Patreon, if you read his site, that's I think a, a nice way to support him. So, and uh, I, I like keep more money if it's through if it's through coffee. But like, oh, okay, if you want ad free articles? It's the Patreon. There you go. There you go. All right, everybody. Cancel we'll see my Patreon now. That's what? No, 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 no. That's what I took away. That's what I took away from this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll, we'll see. We'll see everybody, everybody soon yeah. when the next interval hits. Bye. Yeah. Be cool. Stay in school. It's the end of the show. Come on, let's go. Hey. It's the end of the show. Come on, let's go. Hey. It's the end of the show.